Welcome to the second episode of Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast. Uh, my name is John, and uh, with me is my co-host, Josh. Uh, Josh, what is happening? Well, John, today we're going to be talking about the 1982 film Basket mm-hmm. Case. Oh, it, it it is fantastic. It it is really good. Uh, so before we get into spoilers, we should just talk about like the general idea of it, mm-hmm. um, which is that it is a crazy movie from 1982, the same year that um, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing came out, oh and uh, it is a film that has been. Preserved by the Museum of Modern Art for Isn't that amazing. It is. I even found a quote from the director um, saying that whenever they contacted him about it, he was like, "Are you sure? Did you watch it?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I, I, I guess I could see why it's there. It's it's pretty it's it's pretty great. <laughs> it really is amazing. It's yeah. it's it's uh, it it. it has a it's a really interesting slice of New York at its nastiest. Oh, it's uh, so gross. It's really disgusting. And the story is completely bonkers. It's it's funny. Um it's just it's ridiculous. It's Shakespearean. It's amazing. Yeah, and the the tone is all over the place. It's very uh, Lynchian at times, mm-hmm. but like not in the full like realization of it just in the all over the place tone and yeah like you said it's it's hilarious at times but also like just super disturbingly horrific in some of the things that it uh portrays like there there are things in there that are like really really horrific (laughs) which is which you're not expecting they come near the end of the movie and all up to that point you're like oh this is just a silly thing and then you're like oh dear god why (laughs) we've entered into an entirely different zone here yeah (laughs) (sighs) yeah it's pretty good Yeah, it's uh, I was not expecting that. I had seen part of it before and I wasn't sure if I had seen it all. And then, of course, after I watched it, I was like, yeah, I have definitely not seen all of this. I would have remembered. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I had come across it super randomly um, during just just watching whatever was available on free streaming services. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, that one looks whatever. And uh, it, it it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic. I, f- I first heard about it. Um, I bought a book back in the 90s called uh, uh, Incredibly Strange Films. It was put out by this group called Re- Research. Like, and they they had a bunch of different books on some pretty crazy topics. I think they had a they had an incredibly strange music one and and they had all kinds of weird stuff. And of course, Basket Case was one of the things that they covered. And so I had always kind of mentally dog-eared like I, that, I have to see. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. <laughs> and 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 boy, does it not disappoint? No, no, it it lives up to the fuel, the full ridiculousness. <laughs> it's it's directed by a guy named Frank Henenlotter. Yep. And uh, he at the end, which I thought was funny, is he he dedicates the movie to Herschel Gordon Lewis, the uh, the director of Blood Feast and Two Thousand Maniacs, Wizard of Gore, like some some real classics. Yep. Yep. And and after this movie, he went on to direct uh, such great films as Bad Biology and Frankenhooker. 
<laughs> Frankie Hooker is another classic for yeah. sure. Uh, and uh, incredibly, uh, I don't know if you've watched them, but he also went on to direct Basket Case 2 and 3. I, have, I haven't caught those yet. I, so he did make those then. He did. He, he directed them. Um, and I won't say too much about them because mm-hmm. we might review them at some point in the future. Basket Case 2, there is a strong argument to be made for Basket Case 2 being better than this movie really wow yeah it's it's up there in the contenders for possibly a sequel better than the original oh that's amazing and then basket case three is not (laughs) it's just no it's decidedly not (laughs) oh how the mighty have fallen it's it is oh he wasn't going for it like in in three he was like let's try something else now (laughs) oh no Yeah. yeah that's no yeah because um, the first two were such a hit, let's let's completely change the formula. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Basket Case was always missing a musical number. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a, a really bad idea. It is. It is. The whole movie's a pretty bad idea. It's glorious in its own way, but not <laughs> nearly as enjoyable. Yeah. So I would say. Um, I would say uh, before we get into the spoilery section, go ahead and go watch it. I will say there are some uh, severe, severely troubling things in the movie that you might want to watch out for. You know, of course, it's a horror movie, so there's going to be uh, violence and murder. Um, This movie also um, portrays sexual assault, uh, Mm -hmm. rape and question mark necrophilia. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see also, um, forceful surgery against children and, uh, human deformity. Yeah. It, uh, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Which you wouldn't imagine from the first half of the movie. <laughs> no, no. It, it seems like it's just going to be kind of a, you know, a campy, uh, semi, comedic uh well pretty comedic uh just kind of a romp through like goofy creature silliness and it it is that throughout but oh, man yeah. it it takes a thematic turn oh yeah i i'm not convinced it decided that these were heavy topics i kind of feel like the director was like and you know it would be fun let's just throw some of this in here yeah yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah it gets heavy so if you are okay with you know having those things enter your brain, go ahead and watch it. It's a great film. Uh, well, no, I won't say it's a great film. It is an enjoyable flick. <laughs> really? It really is a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's, if you are the kind of person that doesn't care for, you know, like kind of cheesy stuff or low budget stuff or things that are, you know, overacting, you know, campy, particularly in horror that you'll, you definitely will not like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're just up for, you know, a lot of fun and, you know, just (laughs) something that's completely over the top, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, so turn this podcast off, go watch it and then come back in, uh, five seconds where we will begin spoiling the movie. Yeah. All oh, right. right. <laughs> and now you've watched the movie. Uh, John, do you have a spoiler for us? Uh, everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, maybe not. Yeah. 
it's possible that that a few, quite a few people do die, though. Yes, so several people die, and they all have great names. <laughs> yeah, I know. So this is a yeah. I mean, this it's it's uh, it's bonkers. I mean, it's just a. a I, I don't know. I guess we we can kind of. <laughs> kind of go through i don't know should we go through kind of the uh the idea of the movie or um yeah we we can go through the the general idea of the movie there's that um it opens on a scene a scene that does not make sense in which a guy is at night and scared of sounds and then a uh gross glove kills him yeah an, an incredibly goofy looking rubber glove kills yeah, him. yeah it's uh i mean they they did a cool job on the glove you know uh eat, the glove is like missing a finger from like you know one knuckle so it's like a little mm-hmm. bit like icky but it's very obviously foam rubber you can see like the middle seam that goes I around know. it <laughs> it is it's, like a dollar store reject glove yeah. it's it's a ridiculous opening like this this guy Walks out of this creepy house with a, just an in just an unusually huge amount of firewood on the patio. <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm not really sure what kind of a winter they were preparing for. They're preparing for a very cold winter, <laughs> like also <laughs> housing for snakes. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ! So he comes outside to his incredibly well lit front yard, yes. and, <laughs> and and then it's the whole like the standard movie style creepy sound effects and camera in from the woods looking at him and i do want to note though the sound effects that's where i first noticed it the sound effects are they obviously had a very limited number like the foley artist had a very limited number of things with which to make noises yeah so like there is rustling it rustling in the bushes and it sounds like a car door opening and closing loudly And later there's a thing climbing around upstairs when he's back inside and it climbing around just sounds like someone slamming a old plastic telephone back on the receiver over and over again. It's so amazing. Yeah, it is. They had like five things to bang together and they're like, we're going to make this stretch the whole movie. There's so many parts in the movie where there's just these sounds that, that have absolutely no relevance to what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they just needed. They we're like, no, nah, we need a sound here. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh my god! So okay, so the guy, <laughs> if I remember correctly, the guy, uh, oh yeah, yeah, rubber hand gore. It was yeah. amazing. He shoots the shadows. Yeah, real se- severely, and yeah, people are real bad at shooting in this movie. It's great. <laughs> he just whips out a thirty-eight and starts shooting shadows. Yeah, and then gets rubber handed to death. Yeah. Uh, later, we found out that he was torn in half, though we don't that's see right. that happen. That's right. Something that also happens again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, kind of goes with the theme, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think part of the scene that was good, uh, it helps tie things together, is we see ketchup squirted across a manila folder. That's right. Um, and later, that folder will come back, to, back into play, still with the ketchup on it, which is a yeah. nice touch. The ketchup still as red as always. Yes. <laughs> Has not oxidized in any way. Nope. Nope. That is fresh ketchup. So we cut to we cut to New York City, 1982 or 1981 <laughs> or whatever this yeah. shot, where apparently every single business is a porn theater. Yep. <laughs> and it is just 
of course it, it's that's the way it was it's absolutely horrendous yep yeah it is it is like an entire city full of people that are just coming home from the discotheque yeah it's amazing and we 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 see our main character his name is Dwayne yeah <laughs> Great. Just, you know, just like the greenhorn, like walking fresh, fresh out of the country or whatever, walking down the sidewalk, carrying an enormous basket. Like it looks like a picnic basket or something. Yeah. yeah. Huge wicker basket. Also, he has amazing hair. His hair is is just unbelievable. It seems like it gets bigger as the movie goes <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, I think I think it does. Yeah. Huge, huge 1982 hair. Fabulous. Just incredible. Yeah. He's got his little backpack. He's he's clearly never been to New York City before. And yeah. he's being hounded by the, the most well-stocked drug dealer. He has everything. I, he, it's incredible. He runs, he runs off his list of stuff. It takes like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He just keeps following him. He's like, I've got all of the drugs here. Let me name them all for you. Like that that scene should probably be sampled for a for a hip hop song. Like it's uh, it's pretty incredible. It's so good. Uh, and uh, finally he gets fed up with him and he's like, what's, what's your problem? And, and then Dwayne goes on about the rest of his business, which is to check into the Hotel Broslin. Oh, a, a fine establishment. A fine place. We see the sign. There's a close-up of the, of the neon Hotel Broslin sign, which we will see a lot more times. It's, it's really – they really want you to know the name of the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, we'll we'll get to that towards the end. Apparently, it's a real hotel. <laughs> it's so fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> and the uh, the manager of the hotel is an amazing, just stereotypical <laughs> guy with the mustache and the bald head and the wife beater and suspenders over the wife beater. And uh, <laughs> there's a sign on the back that says rent is due at noon, not 1230, not 1215 noon. It's it's amazing. It's so amazing. He's got like stains on his belly and and like just like disgusting aviator glasses. And he's like balding. But then he's got that curly fro around the area where yep. he still has hair. Oh, and yeah. he's he's completely obnoxious. Of course, he overacts just completely overacts. It's great. Oh, yeah. Overacting is the name of the game in this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's it's common in, in you know, kind of schlocky movies. But in this movie, it's obviously intentional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as is the complete change of tone from one shot to the next. Like, yeah. They'll show like an action scene where it's there's one tone, and then when they're standing still, a completely different mood falls over yeah. what's going on. It's great. It really is. So yeah, so Dwayne's in the in the lobby of this dump, and there's all these creeps, like you know the drunks and the old weirdos and stuff, staring at him. <laughs> there's one. There's whenever he walks in, they're talking about someone, and the the manager says, "Dirty Lou." That name sounds familiar. <laughs> Dirty Lou. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Where do I know that guy from? <laughs> oh man! And then he goes to uh, he goes to pay for his room, and he he whips out like the biggest wad of cash. Yeah, <laughs> just just sort. He's like sorting through hundreds and fifties, trying to find a twenty dollar bill so he can pay for his room with it. And they're like, it's like the his money is the cleanest thing in the entire movie. Yep, <laughs> super crisp. And then you hear the bum as as he walks away after he's paid. You hear the bum 
What's, what's he say? You see that? He's loaded. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the guy behind the counter goes, so are you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the drunk guy, the loaded guy in question uh, gives you your first hint that this is like an insane in- asylum instead of mm-hmm. a hotel because he's, he says things like all alone in this cold, cruel world. And when they ask him what's in the basket, he says he's smuggling in a case of booze. He's going to throw us a party. <laughs> That's right. It's so weird. It's very strange. <laughs> it was the first. This is the first time I made what turned out to be a recurring theme in my notes. I put worst hotel ever. <laughs> it is. It is. It is wretched. And then as as he pays, he's like, "All right, here's your key. It's this room." And he starts going up the stairs, and it's just, it's just gross. The the hallways do that thing where they've painted the the bottom half of the wall a different color than the top half, and mm-hmm. both halves are bad, and they're not clean lines, and everything's decrepit. It's just horrible. Like the floors are, you know, long since finish has been worn off, and there's dirt and dust, and yeah, you know, coke cans and garbage, and it, yeah. it's it's pure hell. It, it's, it looks like it smells horrible. <laughs> so he gets he gets to his floor and he sees this this woman entering her her room and <laughs> she's dressed like a prostitute and this guy is standing behind her he just has his hand casually on her ass yeah it's just 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 fingers down palm out like yeah that's a butt <laughs> and he, he Dwayne gets a wink and they 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 enter the room, and you know he's just you, you can tell Dwayne is just like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. And that's after he's been uh, this this lady tells him this whole crazy story about how the person that used to live in his hotel is an old lady that only left the room on Sundays and turned out to be like a rich oil investor or something. It's oh, just completely right. weird. It's out of nowhere and has no bearing on the rest of the movie. It really doesn't. And yeah. she's just the weird, annoying lady on the stairs. And then when she's done telling her story, she just turns around and walks away. Which is something that weird people would never do. They would f- keep following you. That She was the best weird lady. She's like, here's a weird story. Uh, bye-bye. Yeah. If only. Yeah. <laughs> only that happened. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess I have a new friend. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I live here now. <laughs> and that's another thing. It's a hotel, but these people are like living here long term, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's one of the, I mean, that, and, and that's a pretty common thing, like these down and out hotels that are really kind of, they're like boarding houses, essentially. Um, and I, I, like the, like the hotel Cecil in LA is like that, where they have to have, the, they have to have a certain number of rooms dedicated just for the permanent residents. Oh, okay. I had no idea. I thought this was just, a basket case place. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's apparently a thing. There's one of those in, uh, in downtown here in Houston called Lawndale, L O N D A L E. I think it's called, and it's it's one of those flop house type places. You drive by, there's always like creeps hanging out in front. And well, now you've told the people where we live, John. God damn it. Well, I mean, just <laughs> since you know we're on vacation here doing this episode. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> good, good, good recovery. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so he gets into his room, he sets down his wicker basket and says, we're here, and we get a nice close-up that there is a lock keeping the wicker basket closed. <laughs> yeah. 
an, a, probably the second cleanest thing in the whole movie. That lock is so shiny. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the lock, probably not the basket based on what we see next. There's not going to yeah. be <laughs> no. That basket's got to be really gross. <laughs> oh, and I like, I like he's looking around the room and you, you, you see out the window. It's supposed to be like you can see the downtown cityscape, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's like a it's like a painting or like a. It's something on a, a sheet of paper because you can see it kind of moving in the wind. Oh, God, <laughs> so, I didn't notice that. I'll have to go back and watch this again. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's like they didn't. It's like a like a transparent like a transparency sheet or something with the image of a downtown's like scape like nightscape printed on it. It looks so bad. Wow. I guess that means whatever's actually outside that window just wasn't. I, I don't know. I can't imagine what would be so bad that they wouldn't show it out there. Maybe it actually just looks really nice outside. I know. <laughs> right. Or it's a set, but I, I don't, I can't imagine they had used sets. No, it's not a set. It's not. It's the actual hotel. God, that's insane. Because <laughs> they just decided they wanted buildings that, that, you know, somehow defied the, the laws of visual space outside the window. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, in, in the credits, the, one of the last things we see is, and special thanks to the staff and tenants of New York's Hotel Broslin. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it really makes me wonder because whenever you look at, uh, like the, the cast, the mm-hmm. number of actors isn't really nearly as many as the number of people that are in this movie. So I'm wondering how many of those people were actually just like living there. <laughs> Wow, yeah, there, there's there's quite a few people in it. I mean, there's there, a lot of people staying in that place. Yep. Any anytime anything happens in the hotel, there's immediately like forty people surrounding the area. Oh, I love that! It's so great. Like anytime a noise happens, the, they all just leave their residences and congregate close together. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so it's so great. Oh my god! So okay. Yeah, so I'm trying to remember. Okay, yeah, so we're here. Yeah, he 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 goes and gets food. That's yeah. right. Burgers. <laughs> lots and lots of burgers. <laughs> a huge bag of burgers. I like that he unwraps the first three and put uh, he, he then drops them into the basket, unwrapped, and we hear blah, 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 and the basket's like shaking around. It's super corny. And uh, then <laughs> a burp sound happens. The buns fly out and he's like, done already? And then he just pours the rest of the bag in, wrappers and all, and it just keeps going. <laughs> it's super. <laughs> the sounds are so disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he starts looking in the, the yellow pages. He says, Cutter's name isn't in there. Needleman uh, mm-hmm. must have their number. Um, so those are two names that'll end up being important. I think we Cutter. heard one of them uh, in in the original scene where the phone call he was like, ah, this person, they're going to kill me or whatever. The original oh, yeah. guy that gets murder balled at the beginning. Yeah, I think he mentions Needleman for sure. Man, yeah. I don't remember if he says Cutter or not. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, he can't find the number that he's looking for. And then uh, I think it cuts to like the middle of the night. He 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 wakes up. Yeah, no, he, he, that's the first time we see him talking to the basket. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, he's like, we, we, cause you don't hear anything coming from the basket. It's just him talking to the basket, obviously waiting while the basket's talking back to him. And then he's saying, shut up and let me get some sleep. And uh, it's like, oh, okay, I guess so. And then we cut to another shot of the Hotel Broslin sign. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you forgot. Yeah. 
Um, then the, the old guy is peeping through his lock, the drunk from the beginning of the movie. And, uh, the, the lady that winked at him earlier comes out, chases him out and, uh, uh, knocks on his door to let him know that there was a perv peeping through his wind, his, uh, his lock and tells him to hide anything that he might have that people won't. Well, would want I don't know. It's very strange. She, her, her acting is is real crazy. Her name's Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, she becomes kind of important in the movie, and she's just like all over the place, like like real weird. Definitely the type of weird person that you would find in an apartment complex or something. But then also, unlike real life, uh, after saying a few weird things, she just goes away. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah, it's great. <laughs> what a great place! And she's like not even being like weird and like trying to get something out of him. She's actually just like, "Hey, your shit's not safe. Be careful. Here's some advice." She's she's an incredibly uh, wholesome lady. Mm-hmm. She's a hooker with a heart of gold and and a room full of smiley face paraphernalia. Yeah, what that that was so weird. Everything, the shirt, the clock on the wall. There were just smiley faces everywhere. It was probably someone's actual room. It probably they, was a very disturbed individual's actual yeah. room. <laughs> they were like, oh, we're using this. Yeah, we, we have to record in here. Um, So let's see, where does this go? <laughs> oh, remember, did I like you remember the stock footage of New York City? And there, there's like this really like clear shot of the world trade center as they go by it was like wow oh yeah yeah that that was weird for me because i they it's it's like from the bay and i never realized how close the world trade center was to the water i didn't either yeah until i saw that yeah i don't know that was that was good and and yeah yeah it adds to the overall horror of the movie be like oh yeah those used to be there yeah jesus (laughs) times have changed (laughs) yeah um and then uh, he goes to a doctor's office, and yeah. the the cinematography is crazy on it. There's a shot of him walking down a hallway, and it's just uh, spotlights on him, so it's like bright, and there's you can see his shadow cast behind him and on the wall and on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Very very Lynchian. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also like weird street shots where like someone was in a building across the street and like had a camera on him while he was on the on the you know sidewalk down below and mm-hmm. other shots from the from the sidewalk up above for no reason yeah i know it's great yeah and he's at he's at dr needleman's office yep dr needleman's office and the receptionist thinks he's there to fix her typewriter yeah, that's right. And then there's that old lady complaining about her medications or something. Yeah, she's having allergic reactions to her medications, and she's describing them in great detail. Yeah. And is it is it just me, or is there a Gary Coleman in Roller Skates poster on the wall? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'll have to go back and look for that, too. <laughs> I was just like, oh, is that Gary Coleman? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's the right time for it. Yeah. And I don't think they ever do they ever say the the girl behind the counter her name? Yeah, her name is I believe it's Sharon. Okay, cuz I had her down as terrible wig lady. <laughs> yeah, that is really messed up hair. It's almost as unrealistic looking as a monster that we'll see later. 
What's in the basket? Easter eggs? Yeah. And that was that to me, I was like, wait, does that make this an Easter movie? Is this a secret Easter movie? But I don't think so. <laughs> it was perfect. Perfectly yeah. fitting. Yeah. She and oh, and she she's such a her her the way she acts is so weird because she's like describing what's wrong with her her typewriter and she starts making this like ee ee noise trying oh, to uh, talk so about strange. how it sounds like a mouse is caught inside her typewriter. It's so weird. And every new shot of her, she's got a different like emotional state. So one, she's like placid and just a friendly receptionist. Another one, she's like intense and huge eyed and and like dumbfounded. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, she was she's amazing and she's super flirty like in her but in a very weird and creepy way with him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, like it's it's just I don't know, it's just the strangest thing. And I guess as we learn it's it, you know, it's setting something up for later. Yeah. Yeah. So he he basically finagles his way into the the it's such a ridiculous way to get in to see the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows me, but don't put my name down. I want it to be a surprise. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, well, you can see that we're incredibly busy, so I'll just go ahead and have you go right in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he goes in, and the doctor th- has the most disgusting doctor's office. Like, it's just there he's in the room he's in there's like exposed pipes uh there's like stacks of gross stuff everything's rusted everything's dirty there's a rolodex on his desk that like obviously is discolored from the hand smear and he's in the middle of eating what could only be a sloppy joe and it's just all over his hands and he's like sucking his fingers as he's talking to Dwayne. oh god his his hair is greasy and like paint is peeling off the walls. There's everything a dead is plant. Yeah, it, everything was disgusting. Yeah, which is why I put the note: worst doctor ever. <laughs> yeah, it turns out Doctor Needleman sucks, <laughs> and and apparently he's southern because he has a really bad southern accent. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy i don't know why this like dr kentucky man is in obviously like the worst part of new york but he sure is i just love stuff like that like was there even a discussion you know where the the director was like i think it's really important that you portray him as being from kentucky or something. Yeah, yeah or if the guy just thought you know i'm gonna i'm gonna wing this it's gonna be great yeah this is one this one for my reel uh yeah because like uh, no, there's no indication that he's ever been anywhere other than New York. You know, the thing happened in upstate New York, and then this is happening in New York City. So I don't, I don't know, but it it sure is there. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, clearly this guy is the worst doctor in the world. Yeah, I mean, that, how could it get much worse than this? Yeah, there's only one doctor portrayed in the movie that could be worse than him. That's true. <laughs> and That's, she's coming up next. She sure is. And so he shows the doctor, he's like, yeah, I've got this scar from my childhood. And we see that Dwayne has this giant scar running from like his right armpit to his right waist. And the doctor's like, and and that's it. And then, and then Dwayne leaves and uh, whispers to the receptionist and they set up a date. Um, and she asks why they're whispering. And he's like, cause I don't want him to hear. And she's like, Oh, what a weird guy that I like. Yeah. She is for whatever reason down to clown. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's thirsty for that hair. 
Oh man. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then he goes to watch a, kung fu movie at a movie theater that this movie has obviously also dubbed over because there were sounds that obviously weren't part of the theater experience they were it was amazing like, <laughs> so good and uh, no sense at all yeah and also in the movie theater is some gross guy aggressively rubbing his armpit yeah um, and he sees that basket and he wants whatever is in that basket. So he waits for Dwayne to fall asleep during the Kung Fu movie, <laughs> steals the basket, takes it to the bathroom, and gets uh, gets aggressively violented against by whatever is inside the basket that we have not seen. Oh my god, yeah. It's it's uh it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross, just just rubbing that armpit like no tomorrow. It's just, it's I don't know what his problem is. I guess a rash. Yeah, I, he's allergic to the worst theater ever. <laughs> it's so gross. In there too. Oh my god, this movie is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's just horrendous. Uh, um. So so yeah, he gets clawed by what's ever in the basket. Uh, um. What does he say? Uh, um, Dwayne goes and picks up the basket and gets everything reordered. He says, not now, not yet. Save it for later. That's right. Uh, so that's that's our clue that there is a plan for violence, that yeah. the two of them are planning future violence, which is really cool. This movie has a very strange plot. This does not have a horror movie plot. This is like a a murder mystery in the happening. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like uh it's got like a weird revenge sub theme and uh and then just the you know <laughs> the overarching weirdness that we'll get to at the end. But yeah. Yeah. Um and so we see Dr. Needleman uh makes a panicked phone call using his gross disgusting disgusting Rolodex. <laughs> and um he calls a fancy lady who is in the middle of getting a young man drunk. Yeah. Yeah. That was so he's, he's like, he, he looks like just a complete douche and she's trying to get this guy drunk. So, cause she obviously wants to have sex with this guy. And, and I love the line. I, <laughs> I like you drunk. You're cute when you slobber. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's, it's so weird. It's in this old house. There's candles everywhere. It's like this whole romantic setting. And she's just like sloshing wine at him. And it's just such a weird situation. It's, <laughs> it's just so bizarre. Yeah. And uh, she answers the phone. She's mad at this guy for calling. She's like, I told you to never call. This is Dr. Cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, we find out that, you know, like the, he tells her about this guy with the scar and that he's from, uh, Glens falls upstate, Mm -hmm. uh, and that there's a thing about him having the scar and whatever happened. We don't know what it happened, but then they stop that phone call and it's over. Yeah. Cause she just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. It's great. He really doesn't. He calls her to like raise the alarm and she's just like, whatever, leave me alone. Yeah. I don't (laughs) care. I've got weird, creepy business to get to. 
Which is is great because that means that the entire purpose of that phone call was just to let you see this do- this other doctor. That was basically it. Yeah, to to see how they're connected. And, yeah, uh, and also to give her a little characteristic that she is a middle aged woman, and she likes men in their m- mid twenties. Yeah, who are so <laughs> drunk they're drooling. Apparently, yeah, it's just not good. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, Then later we see that Dwayne has snuck back into Dr. Needleman's uh, office and Mm -hmm. uh, after the receptionist left and he dumps out the basket, we get a really cool uh, slasher movie style uh, view from whatever was in the basket as it moves around from floor level towards Dr. Needleman. Oh, I have to say when when receptionist leaves. Did you notice that she passes by an office and there's a sign on the door that says novelty in rubber? <laughs> I did not notice that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, wow, is that where they made the mold for this <laughs> yeah. creature's costume? Yeah. Yeah. And the gloves, everything. Yeah. I could see that. There is there is a, a, um, a scene coming up where there's going to be a a door gets smashed down and Mm -hmm. uh, it's just laying on the floor and it says, keep door closed or something like that. (laughs) Just, just a very weird sense of humor for this movie. That's a lot of fun to watch, but just like out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, and this is where you start to hear these weird, like it it sounds like somebody has a jackhammer in the building or something. There's like this strange mechanical sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that's supposed to be the sound of him moving around or something. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. We also hear him uh, wheezing, whatever whatever him is, the thing in the basket. Mm-hmm. Whenever it's from his perspective, there's there's wheezing. I bet that sound was probably just construction going on that they had to film through. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really bizarre, like just pointless. Yep. Um, so the doctor, doctor gets like nervous, starts hearing stuff, looking around. He has a gun, uh, big surprise. He's also real bad at shooting guns. Yeah. Uh, I think he like, it's one of those little like six shooters, the little tiny ones from that era where, and he just like decides that he's going to slowly spray it from left to right. (laughs) As one do. Yeah. (laughs) In order to get the thing. Um, and he gets got in in a really good scene. Uh, he comes into a room and turns on the light, and and the gross thing in the basket is on the wall, like a so spider. Cool. And it is this horrible lump. It is it is just a gross flesh lump with a with a like face and and super sharp teeth and two like of those glove hands on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's amazing. And it's just sitting there sideways on the wall looking at him. And sometimes sometimes its eyes look all black like a shark. Yeah. And other times it looks like they put those glass eyes for, you know, people who are losing eye. Yeah, yeah. The 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 eyes do really crazy stuff. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Sometimes it, it is very, very like great white, and other times it's like almost yeah, glassy and wet looking. Yeah, it's funny because as bad as the, I mean, as as obvious as it's just you know a really cheaply made piece of foam rubber that was cast, 
the face is actually kind of disturbing. At oh times. yeah, uh, especially in the scenes where the face moves. Yeah, um, it, they it, they did a really good job. I want to I want to compare this to um, to Headcount. Headcount had a cheap looking monster, a shitty mm-hmm. monster mm-hmm. that was not cool. This movie has a shitty monster that is awesome. It looks fake. It does not look expensive, but it looks amazing. Yeah, it it totally fits the film. It, it's it's disturbing in its its own way, even though it's obviously a prop. But yep. it doesn't matter. It's still it's effective. Yep. Yeah, it is. Um, and uh, so so it jumps off the wall. It kills Doctor Needleman. It tears him in half. We see uh, we see the top half of him down the screen, and the screen pans up, and then we see a you know full pair of pants with shoes. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and uh he and we see the the lumpy monster grab the gross rolodex and bring that back to Dwayne, puts him back in the basket and then finds uh dr needleman's phone number and address from the rolodex that's right that's right <laughs> yeah but no that that monster is is really amazing uh it so so part of the time it's it's just there it's like unmoving other times mm-hmm. it's obviously just a glove that is being reached out from underneath the camera mm-hmm. and then other times it's a full puppet yeah including the hands moving and the mouth that's that's really like whenever it does mouth stuff it gets real creepy yeah, yeah totally yeah um that, it's great it's 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 pretty effective considering that it's like zero budget. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is the, it's it's like uh, Hobby Lobby level quality stuff. It's it's just fantastic. Yeah. Um. And then uh, uh, once they get back to their hotel room, uh, Dwayne feeds him an entire package of raw wieners, which is when it really hit home that the inside of that basket must smell terrible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'd only imagine. Uh, he also, for some reason, he 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 bought uh, he bought the the his the the thing a brand new TV, or he bought him a TV, and uh, so that he'll be entertained while he, while Dwayne goes on his secret date with the receptionist, mm-hmm. and the, <laughs> the 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 lumpy grossness immediately breaks the TV by twisting the, the channel knob too hard and it just comes off in his hand and that's the end of the TV story arc. Yeah, it's like he gives him a TV, turns it on, it's it there's no picture, it's like static. And then he's just like, here, watch this. Yeah. And then he leaves and you hear the thing inside the basket burp. <laughs> And then just reaches its hand out and like just mauls the knob off the TV. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, it's so weird. We did find out that there's a war. They have a warranty on the TV, so maybe that's yeah. that. That's the story arc. I don't know. Yeah, there's a plus there. Yeah, but uh, uh, things get real, real good, real quick because Dwayne's on his date with uh, with the receptionist. Uh, and they kiss, and we see back at the hotel room that the lumpy grossness, uh, I guess, is sensing it because he goes apeshit. Yeah, he is not happy. Yeah, he does not want Dwayne ki- kissing some lady. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, he just completely trashes the room. Mm-hmm. 
and not just trashes it, but this is this is a golden moment because we saw um, we've seen him as a glove, we've seen him as a puppet, and we've seen him as just still not moving. Mm-hmm. And this is the scene where they decided it's time for uh, stop motion action. <laughs> and, and so we see him on the floor, and it is full blown like Gumby version horribleness. <laughs> And it's amazing. It It is is so good. It is all the way out there. There was no indication that that was going to happen. Just all of a sudden, like full, full claymation nonsense. (laughs) It's like, it's like Clash of the Titans, but like, like if the people who made it had smoked way too much ash. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Roger Corman on a very bad day. I guess this will be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he's making a bunch of noise and crashing, destroying everything, uh, breaks the TV further. And that's when the entire hotel goes crazy. Everyone comes out of their rooms and congregates loudly, milling around each other in the hallways. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Huge crowd gathers. Then, of course, then the. Uh, uh, the thing hides back in the basket and uh, the manager gets into the room. Of course, everyone comes in with him and it's, the room is a complete disaster, of course. And he, the drunk immediately sees the cash that's just out in the open that apparently no one else notices. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, Whoa. yeah. <laughs> and uh, they get everyone out of the room. Of course, the, the drunk guy comes back, picks the lock, uh, gathers up all of the money and then is like, I want to see what's in the basket. So he opens the basket uh, and then the lumpy horribleness jumps on his face and his reaction to having this horrible thing mauling his face is to then exit the room, close the door behind him, walk down the hall to his own room, open the door, go into his own room, close the door behind him and there be killed. (laughs) Continue to be more murdered. (laughs) By a giant tumorous blob. Yeah. <laughs> um, the sound of him getting murdered. Then everyone comes back out of their hotel rooms. They're mad. They're milling around again. And they see the inside of his room where he's been murdered. The window is open. There's porn just like, <laughs> what is it? Like, like mod podged to the wall. Tremendous <laughs> amounts of porn just jizzed to the wall. <laughs> Because he, because he was Spider Manning all night. <laughs> oh, that room! That room is yeah, years of Spider Man. Thwip. I mean, for all we know, that might have been like being in that room could have been what turned. Um, turned the lumpy gross thing man into a uh, into a boob guy because uh here <laughs> yeah. in the movie we find out he's definitely uh all about them titties he does like the boobs yeah uh, in a very upsetting way too oh, man. um so uh so getting back from his date uh, there's a crowd outside Dwayne like pushes through them and finds out that someone was killed and he uh 
basically assaults the receptionist by trying in trying to get her away. He's like pushing her very roughly. He's like, I don't want him to kill you too. Yeah. What the hell was that? I don't know. It was like, wow, this guy sucks. Yeah. Well, uh, and we also had seen like, yeah, previous that he, he kind of had a reaction like the thing does when he kisses the girl, the thing reacts. And then when the thing attacks the bum, he kind of reacts when he's, when he's off with, with Sharon or whatever her name is. Yeah. So we know that they have some sort of, there's some sort of link between these two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that where the, is that where we see the, let me see there. That's where he's in the lobby. Yeah. And he, he pushes her. <laughs> oh, that's, there's that ridiculous punk rock guy in the lobby. Yeah. Oh, that guy looks so shitty. <laughs> <laughs> they look. They look like all the. They look like the characters from this comic book called Hard Boiled. Oh, where, where everybody is is just completely over the top, like comic bookish or cartoonish exaggeration of what people look like in a city. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was very, uh, very off Broadway. You know, like the one of each subtype of person was in the hallway. There was a guy with a red red shirt with a yellow uh, Superman logo on it. Yeah. It's so strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back when people were still worried about copyright infringement from gas station t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I like how anything that happens in this New York draws a huge crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any Anything. People are, like, instantly there. And uh, Dwayne pushes past all of them and pushes past uh, a police officer um and runs upstairs and the police officer finds him and we see him like going from gently going up the stairs to like like bolting down the hallway and then there's this great scene where Dwayne is right outside of his room's door and <laughs> this police officer like like sensually slides up behind him <laughs> and then has a conversation with him from behind Dwayne where like Dwayne's like looking like like out of the corner of his eye at this guy and he's like, hey, <laughs> it's just <laughs> so weird and off the tone from the rest of the scenes with this police officer. <laughs> Sensually he sidles up. It's, it's very sexual. Hey. <laughs> yeah. uh, they they go in his room and they look around the place and uh Apparently another police officer, some weird little short guy in a trench coat is also in there. And of course, the the hotel manager is in there, too. They have a whole conversation about like, hey, do you have a pet? What are these things? Do you have a hey, I see there's a huge wad of money there. Is that a normal thing for you to leave laying around? And uh, and that never comes to anything. They they all leave and uh, um, Dwayne finds uh, finds his lumpy friend in in hiding in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, we have one of the, the great scene where you see Dwayne and then in the background, the toilet lid lifts up <laughs> and the rubber hand comes, is like pushing it up from the inside. Yep, yep. Uh, he gathers up his toilety friend and is holding them. And this is one of the scenes where it's just a puppet that no one is controlling. So it's just dead. <laughs> yeah, it's just this floppy rubber thing that he's holding. Yeah, and hugging and uh, it's just weird. Um <laughs> and then uh Dwayne goes to the bar for drinks and um his new neighbor friend Casey is there and it's I don't know if she it kind of feels like she owns the place like she's going around greeting everyone making sure everyone's having a good time yeah 
And uh, then she invites him to have drinks with her because she says, quote, I've got some heavy boozing to do. <laughs> That's right. Come with me. Come with me to the back yeah. booth. I've got some heavy boozing to do. It's like, oh, God, what a great person. <laughs> <laughs> heavy boozing. It's so good. Uh, there's also a quick, uh, quick shot of them passing by what I describe as the most aggressive pinball player of all time. He is like leaning ninety degrees over the thing, just all all pelvic thrusts. <laughs> He's molesting the pinball machine. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, yeah, I yeah that's and that's re- yeah he's and then at this point Dwayne is completely like waylaid. Yeah, and, and my note here is fuck fuck his hair because <laughs> it's just the worst. <laughs> it's real bad. <laughs> It's completely out of control at this point. I, there's even a shot in the movie where they backlight his hair. <laughs> so there's this weird halo around his giant hair. Yeah, yeah. Like a like a really, really good music video. <laughs> like the worst production of Tommy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they get drunk and they start talking about him and his past and what's in the basket he tells her that it's his brother. Um, uh, they 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 laugh about midgets. They make some very off color jokes about Asians. Oh my god! And uh, but then whenever he was like, "No, no, no," it's actually he's deformed. She is no longer entertained. Like every all those other topics, hilarious deformity. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> this is not funny anymore. So he tells her the whole story and then it goes into a very long flashback to their childhood Mm -hmm. Uh, we find out that the lumpy cancer monster is named belial that's right (laughs) and like go ahead like so and you know we're about to find out the whole story but it made me wonder so who gave him his name yeah oh it's in there it's in there though Oh, it is. Yeah, no, it, it's it's right at the beginning of the flashback. Um, so, so we find out that they're conjoined twins, mm-hmm. and that uh, their mother died in giving birth to them, and that their dad is super pissed because they're conjoined twins. Because the conjoined twins, one of them is normal, and one of them is a gross growth, like just a lumpy mess monster on the side of his normal child. And he he even says he is like. You know, my wife died, and now my my son has this gross, gross growth on him, and now they're telling me I'm supposed to also give it a name. And so his that's it. His dad's like, "Yes, I'll name my son Dwayne, and this gross monster Belial." <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it was such a blur of like, like wow, wow, are we are we really going to have a past montage section? It's 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 a whole huge section of the movie too. It goes on for a long time. Yeah, it's got several parts to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, including an amazing murder scene. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. So so we find out that that's what's going on. We we even see uh, there's like a CPS lady visits and has a really really aggressively slow walk down a hallway with the aunt where they talk while taking little step in place steps mm-hmm. down a hallway. And uh, that's the first time we see that uh, Belial is just this blob growing from the right side of Dwayne with like one arm pointing up, one arm pointing down and his head pointing out from the right. 
and he just lives underneath Dwayne's arm. <laughs> it, it is, it's just impossible to describe. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you already paused this podcast and watched it. Yes. Um, uh, and then um, we see that the, the dad has been trying to find doctors to separate them. No doctors will do it. He finally finds Dr. Cutter and Dr. Needleman and the the ketchup dead doctor from the beginning. I don't remember his name. Uh, and they're, they're willing to do the surgery uh, to which they then like forcibly abduct Dwayne, take him to a surgery room where he is screaming and Belial is screaming. And here we see that Dr. Needleman is, performs the anesthesiology with a needle and Dr. Cutter cuts them apart with the uh, scalpel. So that's so where they got their names. It's, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Dr. Needleman. Yeah, Needleman and Cutter. And Cutter. <laughs> because why not? Yeah. Um, the, the surgery scene is, the sound is ridiculously, like, oh, it's, the sound of them cutting the two of them apart just sounds like someone, like, pulling tape or, like, plastic gloves. It was so ridiculous, uh, and uh, and the 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 voiceovers are just completely out of sync. It's it's amazing. It really, it really is phenomenal. Yeah. <sighs> um, I don't know. It's <laughs> say more things about the surgery. <laughs> the surgery itself is just it's it. I mean, well, the sound effects, of course, are ridiculous. You always have to have at least one shot of blood that squirts for no reason mm-hmm. across the room or whatever. And then as they're, as they're, it, it's like the, <laughs> she's like cutting at this bloody mess where they're connected. And then these other people are just like pulling this thing off of him. So, <laughs> like, what kind of surgery is this? It's real bad. I do like the scene where they finished, like they're, they're in the mid pulling him off and there's just like a, a bloody mess on Dwayne's side and the, the floppy bottom of Belial's puppet is just real bad. And Cutter, Dr. Cutter is like oddly rubbing the edge of the wound on Dwayne that I really didn't understand why she was doing that. Well, she likes him uh, about twice as old as him. Yeah, that's true. She's probably getting into it. Yeah. Um, oh, and we also found out that the, that uh, Belial wasn't supposed to survive the operation. They didn't care about him surviving. Yeah. So part of the screaming to not have surgery was because they thought that he was going to die. And uh, it was a pretty good scene of Belial screaming as they were injecting him with anesthesia. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty great. Very creepy. It was kind of funny, like they just couldn't get the needle to to work, even though it went right in him every time. I <laughs> yeah, they, they had to add some some sort of tension. Yeah, afterwards yeah. with bad voiceover. <laughs> so then, yeah, so then they show they show. It's so ridiculous. They they cut to uh, Dwayne. He's in bed. He's supposed to be recovering. You know, he like bolts up <laughs> as one do yeah. after having surgery, yeah. like abdominal surgery over your entire body. And he's he's got all these bandages and he's calling for Belial and freaking out. And he goes outside looking for him into the incredibly well lit yard. And <laughs> he gets he gets to like the garage, I guess. And. There's a trash bag, and it's of course it's moving. Mm-hmm. 
So that's that's what they did with Belial. They just put him in a garbage bag and put him out to be <laughs> to go with the trash. So <laughs> of course, it's so wrong. <laughs> and then, of course, he's still alive. And, yeah, you know, because the bag is moving. And then we cut to the dad who is <laughs> in bed, and he he wakes up because all of the tools. <laughs> everywhere are being used somewhere in the building. A massive construction project requiring at least 10 people is occurring in his home. There's like sawing and hammers and jackhammers and like every sound. It was so ridiculous. I also love whenever he he goes down to the basement where the sound seems to be coming from, and he steps on a nail and says, ow, but the nail is on its side. He he didn't even step on a sharp thing. Didn't even cut him. He was just such a pansy. He's like, ow, there's a thing on the floor. He says it so loud, too. He does. He does. Oh, and then we see... We see the amazing thing that Belial has made. Apparently Belial. I don't know. Maybe they worked on it together. What the fuck <laughs> was is, that? It is a massive murder sled made out of, <laughs> out of a giant logging saw, machetes, and pitchforks. And it's like up on this ramp. And right when the dad gets, gets into his mark, it slides down and just totally murderifies him. It cuts him in half vertically. <laughs> I don't know why there was a giant logging saw down there, but uh, I guess I guess that's how they got all that wood stacked up. No, that's a different house. I have no idea. Murder sled. <laughs> it's it's incredible. <laughs> it makes no sense. And at all. it's just all on one of those like stupid red, <laughs> red you know like pull behind Little red wagon. Yeah, yeah. red wagons. Uh, it's great i love it it's just like a weapon explosion on top of a wagon yeah and like a kid's slide or something yeah i'm not sure why there are pitchforks on either side of the giant saw blade i guess to like hold them together (laughs) (laughs) and then then we see we see belial and Dwayne's aunt finds them they're hiding up in the attic and she was like well the cops don't know they think it was some kind of an accident <laughs> but you're fine now they think belial's dead y'all can come out <laughs> accident <laughs> oh my god i'm dying it's such a great movie <laughs> <laughs> an accident. They don't know. They think it was some kind of an accident. Somehow your father was <laughs> uh, I can't breathe. <laughs> it was cut in half vertically. <laughs> By accident. <laughs> Oh my god. It's such a good idea. <laughs> it really is. Um so their their aunt is like totally cool with the fact that they murdered their dad and uh raises them all good <laughs> until she dies, supposedly. 
leaving them a giant wad of cash as their inheritance. Yeah. And uh, and then the flashback is over. Yeah. The, the greatest flashback in movie history is over. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's up there. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, <laughs> uh, Dwayne and Casey are drunk walking back home. Um, they get inside. Uh, she has to like help him into bed. And uh, then he like wakes up out of sleep. Like he's controlled uh, psychically picks up the basket, puts it back on the thing and then goes right back to sleep. And that's whenever she thinks to herself, what's in the basket. (laughs) She opens it up um, and there's nothing in there. Yeah. It's empty. Yeah. And they even made like a whole thing of making sure that the door to her room was open. And then the basket was in the hallway for a while. Mm -hmm. And so we have this uncomfortable scene in her hotel room. Uh, covered in smiley faces. Yeah, uh, where we like follow her while she's changing out of her clothes and and getting into her sleeping clothes and taking off her panties. Uh, and then she gets into her bed, which has a giant pile of pillows. And then, as I guess, she instantly falls asleep. And then a hand reaches out of the pillows, and it's Belial and. He begins to uh, caress her bosom while she yeah. sleeps. Yeah, <laughs> we we get a we get an idea for what Belial's into. Yeah, he's he likes them boobies, and uh, she wakes up and screams. And of course, that means that everyone that <laughs> exists in this t- entire I want to say you know probably at least ten story hotel is suddenly in that one hallway. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's amazing that that no nobody has anything else to do except congregate at the meet like the like any sign of anything out of ordinary. Yeah, it's like everybody's together in a group. Yep. <laughs> uh, we see people like comforting her, saying, "Oh, you can stay in my room tonight." And uh, we see that the window to her room is open. Uh, Belial has climbed back into his own room, into his basket, and is now playing with her panties. Oh yeah, that was that was dark. Yeah, it's like okay, here's where we go. Uh, that's when we get, I think, probably one of the last scenes of the hotel manager. He's walking away from the from the whole situation, and he screams, "This isn't a hotel; it's a nut house." That's right. That was so great. <laughs> He's so good. I checked to see if he had been in other things. He has been in very few things. It looks like this was probably the high point of his career. Well, I mean, it, it's pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we get another shot of the Hotel Broslin sign from outside. I guess it just tells us that that's when sleeping happens. Yeah. Um, and the next day they go to Dr. Cutter's house. And we find out. Dun, dun. She's a veterinarian. (laughs) That bitch. (laughs) That bitch. Yeah, he's sitting in the waiting room and the dog is like sniffing and whining at the basket. Um, And they go, they have a a very weird, aggressive conversation at each other where like she realizes who he is and he's like, oh, yeah, these things I'm alluding to. And she's like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, he confronts her about that. Oh, it's Dr. Liftlander. That's the other guy. Yeah, Liftlander. Yeah. And. Yeah, they have this this ridiculously uncomfortable back and forth 
which is why I put the note here. <laughs> Worst veterinarian ever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She is just horrible. Yeah, she's she's real bad. And uh, whenever she finds out who he is, she says, you're the freak we separated. That's right. Yeah. She has no concern for, for Belial whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then but apparently also her powers of intuition are really bad. Real bad. Yeah. <laughs> she does not think this is a problem. Because she turns and goes, what's in the basket? <laughs> Yep, yeah, no, all, all throughout this movie, she has not picked up on any of the cues. No. <laughs> um, and then uh, he opens the basket, and we have a very, very long kill sequence. Oh, it, it is beautiful. Yeah, it's he jumps out, clawing at her face. Um, there's this whole thing where she, like, opens a drawer full of scalpels and is then yeah. trying to get a scalpel out of there in, like, one of those scenes where... Like, we're in movies where someone's trying to reach for something, but they just can't quite reach that far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But she's right over it, and she's just having a hard time picking up a scalpel. (laughs) And the sound effects and all her screaming, and it's just, it's really, like, grating. It's it's great. Yeah, and uh, meanwhile, uh, back out in the waiting room, the, the twin nurses and all of the people are like, mildly irritated by the sound of her forever scream (laughs) they're just like what is that that's so weird what would that sound be (laughs) finally mid scream one of the one of the nurses knocks on the door and is like dr cutter dr cutter (laughs) one of the nurses with a filthy cast on her hand (laughs) super gross (laughs) just been on there forever and it's turned gray (laughs) Oh my god! And uh, anyway, the I don't know if she even dies. It's weird. Uh, Belial ends up shoving her face into the drawer full of scalpels. <laughs> she has a drawer full of scalpels. <laughs> Just the scalpel drawer. It's where you keep and all your scalpels. The door. The door flies open. She screams, and she has like a peacock tail. <laughs> Of scalpels all in her face. It is an awesome kill scene. They're just sticking out of her face like pinhead. It's like a fan of scalpels. (laughs) She's screaming still. Oh, it's so good. (sighs) And doesn't she slowly fall off out of camera, like out of the shot as she's screaming? Yeah, yeah. As as the sound is not synced up with it. Yes. (laughs) It's so good. Yep, uh, it's really good. And then they leave somehow unnoticed. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I guess this appointment's over. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Doc. <laughs> and uh, they go back to the Hotel Broslin, where uh, Sharon is looking for Dwayne. She needs comfort because she found out Dr. Needleman is dead, and she just doesn't know what's wrong with her. She's just been thinking about Dwayne all day. Yeah. And, um, and... Uh, Belial's in the room with them, and then they uh, lay down, and Dwayne touches boobs. Yeah. And uh, Belial freaks all the way out and starts screaming, at which point Dwayne wraps wraps Sharon up like a burrito in the blanket and shoves her out into the hall. Slams the door. Yeah. (laughs) 
To which she, still just not getting the hint that this is a bad idea, is like knocking on the door. And she's like, what's going on in there? Desperate to get back in. Yeah, I just want to run my hands through that glamorous hair. Oh, oh my, my God. God. And so they're freaking out. They're having a little brotherly spat in the room. There's like, damn you, damn you, why? Having a full emotional breakdown. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's Shakespearean, this yeah. scene here. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, then I guess they, that then it's just like over at this certain point. We see another shot of the Hotel Broslin sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just it's that's done. Yeah. Fight's over. Yeah, and uh, we get another uh, in the night. We get another stop motion sequence of Belial uh, crawling around on the floor, and then uh, his eyes glow red. Ooh. Yeah, what, what the hell? Well, in the in the drunk scene, we found out that he has telepathic abilities that he talks mm. to Dwayne in his head, but Dwayne can't talk back to him in his head since they've been separated. Yeah, and that he's been growing more powerful. That's right. So this is like some symbol of his growing power, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Dway- and uh, Belial uh, eye glows, jumps up on the windowsill, makes like crazy, like rage screams. And uh, and then we see we are in Dwayne's dreams where he is taking a, a nice little flop dick jog around town. Oh, yeah. Just worst wiener ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We find out that the amazing hairdo continues downtown. The amazing hairdo continues. He's he's a little bit knock kneed and runs bad. Yeah, it's real. Like it's it. a horrible, horrible feeling. <laughs> and uh, and so he's having this dream, uh, and then it's it's like from his perspective, he like finds his way to the receptionist uh, Sharon's apartment, and uh, his hand reaches out and touches her face and touches her feet uh, uh, and then pulls down the blanket to expose one boob <laughs> oh, God. and then boops it right on the nipple one time like a button. Yeah, it just gets a little nip. Yep, and uh, then gets gets all squishy with it. Uh, yeah, he starts <laughs> yeah. starts getting all grabby. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so then there is a uh, an aggressive and lengthy uh, molestation scene yeah. that results in her waking up and freaking out very reasonably freaking out yeah. uh, to which he uh, attacks her. Uh, and we find out that it's not to Wayne that of course this is Belial who is like psychically linked himself or whatever. And mm-hmm. now we see it's his hands and he jumps on top of her and is like, slashing and choking with his hands and uh this wakes up Dwayne who comes right to get him and uh yeah he, he's like he's like strangling her but with no effort yeah very very little efficacy strangling <laughs> very low impact rubber <laughs> hand strangle yep and uh uh somehow Dwayne knows right where to get him i guess since he dreamed his path there yeah um and he's like, uh, he, so he, this is, this is probably the, one of the more upsetting scenes. He comes in and Belial is on top of her mm-hmm. and he's over her crotch and he's just like grinding away. Yeah. It's real upsetting. It's hard to tell if she's dead or not because she is very obviously breathing. <laughs> right. So right. I don't know if that was just 
movie not doing it or if she was supposed to still be awake but he is he is having himself a rape uh it's real bad especially because then Dwayne picks him up to put him in the basket and the entire bottom of him and crotch of her is covered in blood oh it's horrible it's real bad and upsetting <laughs> It's like, where are we going with this? Yeah, it, it got it got real weird real fast. Um, yeah, it goes all the way. Um, and uh, then they they get back to the thing. They have another argument. No goddamn use. And are you going to be this way with every girl? I like? <laughs> I like that he's already looking to the next girl. Yeah. Um, and of course, because they're having an argument, people are congregating to see what's going on. <laughs> they end up coming into the room, at which point Belial freaks out and grabs Dwayne by the dick <laughs> and lifts him up off the ground. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> I was like, what is happening right now? It's such amazing strength. So he's holding Dwayne up off the ground by his dick. They're both just screaming at each other. Everyone's freaking out. <laughs> and then somehow they both fall out the window. And uh, and they're, they're, uh, uh, Belial is clinging to the Hotel Broslin sign with one hand and clinging to Dwayne with the other around Dwayne's neck. So Dwayne is slowly choking to death. Mm-hmm. And Belial is trying to keep them both alive by not letting go to either thing. Uh, but uh, uh, meanwhile, Dwayne is just like, you're choking me. And uh, they both fall to their death below. It's a pretty good scene because they're smushed together the way they were born with Belial up against Dwayne's right side. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like splattered on the on the pavement uh, below the Hotel Broslin sign. And you get one of those classic end of movie shots where like the, the camera's overhead on like, you know, and you can see the cl- the crowd gathering. You even see the doctor look up and, you know, shake his head. No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then credits. Yeah. And then credits. Um, and terrible music. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is just it, that that movie just escalated so wildly at the end. Yeah. It 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 went. <laughs> It went into really uncomfortable places for a movie that that should have been pretty lighthearted. Yeah, yeah, it it is uh, graphic, uh, graphic depictions of super upsetting things, which you I was completely not ready for when I first watched it because uh, it didn't it didn't you know tell you that that's what you were going to be getting into. Yeah, there was no there was no reason to suspect that that was yeah that, that was in store. Yeah. But uh, it's pretty great. And I was happy that Casey made it all the way through alive. Yeah. 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 She was because she is a pretty awesome character. Yeah. Yeah. The actress did a great job, too. Like, she's got some crazy eyes and uh, a voice that just uh, does a thing. Yeah. She's a, she's a, yeah, she's got a unique face. Yeah. She was actually, yeah, she was she was one of the better, better parts of the movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and she does. You'll be happy to know she shows up in uh, the sequel. Uh, she there's, oh, right there's a scene where um, she's giving an interview about the whole thing on the news. Wow, <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah, same actress. That's great. I, yeah. I can't, can't wait to see that. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. So yeah, that's that movie. 
Yeah, it is. It is something else, man. It it is a lot of fun and completely like insane. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it it is a little problematic to say the least at the end, specifically. Um, you know, it it. I mean, it. I guess it. You know, you got to keep in mind that's 1982, and you know, people still had terrible ideas. <laughs> yep. Unlike now, yeah, where I'm- everyone is so so well formed yep yeah there this was definitely a time when uh more things were like hmm maybe this is art yeah <laughs> we'll have him do this that i mean because you know that's something he might do yeah 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 exactly um but yeah i mean it's 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 pretty great it's very i, I would say it is more enjoyable to watch than it is a great piece of uh cinema Right. Uh, but it is very enjoyable to watch. It is hilarious and horrific, and it's just all over the place. It's a very unique experience. It is. And it actually, you know, the story is actually decent. It's, yeah. um, you know, if you really put it down on paper and keep out all the silliness and stuff and just kind of plot it out, you know, as a pitch, maybe, so to speak, it's it's not actually not a bad idea. No, yeah. And it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't like just follow the the stereotypes like you you know it's not really a story that you've entirely heard before there are definitely elements there that you mm-hmm. can recognize but it's it's you know it's not like oh well this is obviously just a new version of this movie right right um it's yeah it's yeah it's definitely its own animal yeah yeah it's it's great um i i thoroughly endorse it with warnings <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, there's definitely there's definitely going to be some triggers in there for some folks, and if that if anything that we've described, you know, you think it's going to make you uncomfortable, go with that feeling because it it will make you uncomfortable. Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh it's definitely got 1982 on it. Yeah, if you're willing to you know kind of just accept it for what it is, it can be a lot of fun to watch, but you know it's not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so John, for you, what was, what is the, the one scene? Like if you were going to have someone just watch a single scene as the highlight, the, the big moment of this movie, what was that for you? I mean, I, I would say murder sled just because it's so great, but if, if somebody was watching one scene, I guess that wouldn't really give them a, it would have to have something with Belial, be something with Belial in it. Maybe the, I I I think I might have to go with the the scalpel uh scalpel fan yeah. s- scene cuz that he's in there and it's gory and it just it has like maximum impact. Yeah. Yeah, it's it it's it's a very good uh a microcosm of the movie as a whole. The murder slit is amazing though, but it has it nothing is, to do with the rest of the movie. It really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the murder sled may go down in my mind as one of the greatest horror scenes of all time. Um, I don't know that it's the best one to represent the movie, though. Yeah. 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 It's 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 definitely uh, for all we know, maybe that's like Dwayne's creation. And uh, yeah, because <laughs> you, you noticed he cut uh, that guy got cut in half the wrong way. Everyone else got cut in half waistwise. That's true. Yeah, that that's a good point. And I mean, it, it, we also have to recognize that the possibility that Dwayne hired a construction crew. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it sure as fuck sounded like that. Come down here to the basement. I need y'all to build this. Good Lord. 
and then run away really fast when you hear someone coming. <laughs> as soon downstairs. as you hear my dumbass father scream Al because he stepped on anything. <laughs> Don't worry, I put some nails sideways on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Whew, yeah that was uh, that was it was great. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I think that one qualifies. I also, um, I guess, on the the, I don't know. I felt like the the surgery scene was also really good for mm-hmm. the quality of what it was, which is low, but also just the the crazy off the wall everything. I thought that was another really good spot in the movie. I agree. Also, yeah. the stop motion. Jesus Christ, the stop motion is just out of nowhere. It really is. I mean, it's. It's funny. It's just a funny movie and fun to watch just overall. But then there, there's moments in the movie where it's just you, I, I became like deliriously gleeful <laughs> because they were they were so ridiculous. Yep, yep, yeah. In uh, in looking for this, I found out um, that this is apparently uh, it gets a strong showing at Alamo Draft House, which makes sense because this is exactly that kind of a movie. Oh, God. Can you imagine seeing it with a big audience? A that big audience great. of everyone that knows every line of the movie and they're quoting along with it. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to a movie theater would be fun at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll Jesus. get there. It's soon. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. And then, um, so uh, what would you give this out of out of five uh, stars or whatever? I, I have to give it a five. Yeah. I, I have no choice. It's just it, it it's a classic, and you know it, and it it totally lives up to its its uh, reputation as as just being a bonkers you know eighties schlock film. It's one of the best in that genre that you're going to find. It's 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 I I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I loved it too. I I struggled with this because like I started thinking about what do these represent? Is it in a vacuum or is it the genre as a whole or enjoyability? But uh, I I I'm gonna end up going with uh, a four. Uh, mm-hmm. It's you know it's obviously not the the great heights of everything, but it is super enjoyable. Uh, it's hyper problematic. It yeah. is. It is all over the place, but uh, I think it's great. And and uh, if you have, uh, if you have the uh, emotional set to be able to watch it in in an enjoyable way, it's it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suspect that you know, in with further generations that are a little more sensitive to stuff like this, they may be less willing to forgive for for the scenes at the end, which are you know are just you know, coming like being around during the years that that movie was made. I remember how oblivious people were to things like that. Yep. You know, it's not like the people thought that that stuff was okay, but putting it in a movie, you know, it never occurred to anybody that, Oh, you know, maybe somebody might watch this and be extremely upset by this, you know? Yep. Um, <clears throat> so that, I mean, that is definitely something to keep in mind. And it's, that's, I don't, you know, that, that, subject matter or that kind of stuff isn't funny at all. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's so yeah, that I do take issue with stuff like that, but I also recognize that, you know, it's an eighties schlock film. I mean, if you're, you, you're, you've got to understand what you're, what you're dealing with. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's the horror genre, like a, a big part of the, the whole idea of things is to, to portray things that are upsetting, you know, 
for for whatever it is that we get out of horror movies, that's part of why they're there. So I I, I can't blame it entirely. You know, it's not like oh yes, we did this for the drama. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it it is portraying horror. It is it is doing what that is. Um, so I guess I can't really knock it for for that. But it is uh, I don't know. I I guess the reason I don't want to give it five is that there are the great movies of horror and I don't feel like it's, it's right there, you know, like, right. like the same year there was the thing. I don't think it's quite on the same level of the thing as I far know, as and it's weird great. to give them the same score. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's so enjoyable. Like, honestly, this should be a two out of five stars, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's not because <laughs> it's, it's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, it totally it's totally watchable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, so I, I that gives it a 9 out of 10. It's an A. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the the the, the best. Um and uh, if you enjoyed it, I would definitely recommend watching um uh, Basket Case 2 because uh stuff <laughs> because of what yeah. happens next. Oh, I'm I'm totally gonna watch it. Yeah, it's a it's it's a whole it's a whole different monster. Not yeah. in that it's a whole different monster, but it's just it's just a whole different kind of movie. I'm ready. Yeah. So that has been our review of Basket Case. Uh, yeah. Let us know what you thought of our review. Um, we have some social media. We'll we'll work on getting those tagged. We won't say them right now just yet, but those are in the process. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, let us know what you think, rate and review wherever you got this podcast. Uh, John, I think we're going to be doing another movie. Do you, do you have yeah. one for us? Well, I have, I have a few that I had kind of narrowed it down to and, um, <clears throat> they were, they're, most of them are pretty well-known, at least in the in the horror world, uh, one is probably – well, a couple are probably not. Um, one of them is is roughly around the same time period as as Basket Case. So I don't want to do that one. And then there's some others that I'd, I'd like to get to but maybe later on. And so what I ended up going with was um, – I forget the year the, the film was made, but I, I, I think I want to go with the movie Don't Look Now. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. With uh, Donald Sutherland, and uh, it is a uh, it, it's a definite classic. It's a strange film. Oh my god, is that the Red Rain Slicker movie? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, okay, very cool. <laughs> it's a 1973 film. Uh, it stars Donald Sutherland and uh, Julie Christie, and uh, they're essentially it's a story about these these parents that are are completely devastated over the death of their child and they're um on a trip to venice italy uh the i think it's the father yeah the father is there because he's he's working with like an art restoration team or something like that and she's there to you know so they can kind of try to rekindle things with their their marriage and then of course crazy shit happens Mm Yes. Yeah, no, my entire childhood, I heard of this movie because my, according to my mother, this is the most horrifying movie that has ever been made. It is probably the most disturbing thing, uh, movie I've ever seen. Uh, 
and I won't go into any of it because um, I'll save the fact that I'm, that will completely spoil it when we do the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's great. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, I you know, go check that. Go check out the movie. It's it's fantastic. And then you know, then come come listen to us talk shit about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll explore all the things. Probably too much. Yeah, <laughs> as we do. It's done. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Loathsome Things and come back next time when we review uh, that movie. That's right. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all.